Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright side have you ever had a partner who just could not let go of their ex i'm willing to bet daphne du maurier did this is popcorn book club i'm dana schwartz joined as always by jennifer wright karamadankwa tantran and melissa hunter and we're continuing our conversation about the novel rebecca is a very sociopath thing to do. I'm just saying. It's like, I'm so happy that my husband's going to murder me and then his life will be ruined. She knew how to arrange a party. She knew how to arrange a floral arrangement. She knew how to orchestrate a murder. I'm realizing now we didn't even talk about the plot, but there really is very little plot in one sentence. What is plot? Yeah, in one sentence, <laughs> uh, the, the second Mrs. De Winter, who's the narrator we never know, starts as a paid companion to an awful American in Monte Carlo. She meets this... Who's played by Ann Dowd. I can't wait for that. It's going to be so fun. I love Ann Dowd. I love Ann Dowd. really? It's going to be so fun. She meets uh, a handsome widower named Max De Winter, whose first wife died in a mysterious accident that no one wants to talk about. She goes back to Manderley, his ancestral home, finds it haunted by everyone's memory of how fabulous Rebecca was. And then, as we mentioned... We find out that she was, uh, a, a, I don't want to say sociopath, but had tendencies that the layperson might call a sociopath. Uh, she and Maxim never were in love. Uh, she was a, a, a wild uh, philanderer and had many lovers. And Mrs. Danvers was loyal to her the entire time. And Max murdered her because she, she said she was pregnant with uh, Jack's baby. But then, spoiler alert, Twist, she wasn't actually pregnant. She was never pregnant. She had uterine cancer, I believe, or cancer of mm-hmm. some sort. And so yeah. the whole thing, she was trying to gone girl and trick Max into murdering her. So at least she would go quick and then maybe Max would get in trouble. Right? Yeah. Did I do it? And, yeah, that's okay. good. Mm-hmm. Good summary. Whew. I was um, like, I'll just do it summary. super fast. Get it out of the way. Melissa. I was just going to say, like, the the whole Gone Girl part of it, it made me really happy that at least Rebecca got her last joke, you know, and that she, like, died smiling. It's just so 
is a very sociopath thing to do. I'm just saying. It's like, I'm so happy that my husband's going to murder me and then his life will be ruined. Whoa. But yeah, it was, I mean, it was very, she she got it. She got hers in. She's going to die. She's going to go out for a okay. thing. She, she knew how to arrange a party. She knew how to arrange a floral arrangement, do a, a decorative room. She knew how to orchestrate a murder. Or a suicide. Okay, so here's the thing, though. Um, and again, like, I know that the second Mrs. De Winter really wants to believe that Rebecca was a sociopath. Yeah. And, um, and Maxim. And really, apparently I do, too. And Maxim really wants to set it up as this woman is a sociopath. But Maxim lists two people that can super confirm that Rebecca was a sociopath for him. And it's Frank and it's his sister. Um, his sister does not seem to play into the idea of like Rebecca was a sociopath. We're also glad she's dead. Yeah. Uh, his sister calls the second Mrs. DeWinter on the phone. And it's like, she never would have committed suicide. This is crazy. You should look into it. Uh, that's not the way you behave. If you think well, I'm so glad this sociopath is I, dead. But, I, For but me, I think it was just someone's it. a sociopath, but also think they were murdered. Though. But I also, yeah, don't I, think, I still don't think they does. He, she deserved to be murdered. And I also think for me it was just about Danny's description of her and that I, was made her and I think I think she hit it Rebecca even hit it from the sister I think the sister was sort of charmed by her public face but yeah. didn't like her because mm -hmm. she maybe slept with her husband yeah I was gonna say she yeah. definitely went after the husband yeah. so I don't think that Beatrice was on her side yeah so Beatrice was sort Regardless. of like I'm sure she was always like publicly charming to Beatrice but then like slept with her husband so she's like no I don't like her but like she might, like, she sucks, but, like, oh, she was always Probably charming. Probably murdered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, uh, and that's, I think Beatrice knows that her brother killed her. I, I think she knows. I don't think so. I think she's very nice. I really don't think she I knows. Thought, I thought Beatrice was a, was one of the few redeeming characters in the book. Like, yeah, she was I liked, very, I very her. nice to the new Mrs. De Winter, tried to, like, yeah. help her out whenever she could. Yeah. But when the whole dress thing happened, she was the only one who was, like, Hey, girl, come on. Let's yeah. take this off. Chill out for a minute. Uh, and, you know, we've all had that, you know, I, I have experienced dressing up for Halloween and becoming a bit of a mess. And then your friend is helping you in costume, which is hilarious. <laughs> so the thought of her, like, running around, like, in her fully culturally appropriate yeah. outfit. Oh, boy. But, but, <laughs> oh, boy. But, like... That image to me is very funny to like help a help a gal pal out when you're like fully in Halloween costume is that's fun. Good can job, Daphne. Yeah. Can we? I also personally think I'm a Beatrice. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, I you're can definitely see that. Can I Beatrice. Beatrice. Thank yeah. You. Can Good we energy. also just talk more about Mrs. Danvers, who Melissa, I think you accurately clocked. Was it? You said mm -hmm. the most interesting character in the book. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Tien, what are your what are your Danvers feelings? I mean, after after you learn that, like, she clearly knows that this this very close person of her was murdered by this man. Like, the fact that she is even being remotely chill about it, I'm like, she's really holding it together. Like, I know she's kind of mean and cold to the Mrs. the new Mrs. De Winter, but I find it to be Well, totally I, I have valid. a question. Do we think for sure Mrs. Danvers thinks it's murder, or did she actually believe it was a boating accident? I think she believes it's a boating murder. accident. I think it's murder, because, like, they talk about how Rebecca is so proficient at sailing that she, like, she wouldn't have made and, a mistake like and that. She, and I also think the confirmation to me in retrospect was 
her having Jack come over when uh, when mm-hmm. Maxim was out mm. and, like, making sure everyone else was out because they want to talk shit. They want to talk shit and be like, yeah, she didn't die. Like, they want to talk about how she got murdered and what to do about Jen- it. Jennifer, and I think she was laying in wait. You're shaking I your head. I really don't think it's that. I think uh, Mrs. Oh. Danvers oh. really wants to believe that Rebecca had what would be for her a good death. Uh, that Rebecca never wanted to grow old. Uh, she she was so strong. Like the, And mm-hmm. Mrs. Danvers wants to think the only thing that could conquer this indomitable woman is the sea. She talks about how, like, yeah, she, she didn't die for a man. Yeah, it was true. only the sea that could take her. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. as someone mm-hmm. who is Rebecca's mother and maybe lover, um, that's really tolerable for her. And I think she just wants to get together with Jack because Jack um, and Rebecca had this really close relationship and she also had a really close relationship with Rebecca. Like the only way that they can kind of remember her is if they get together and tell stories about her, which is sad, but makes perfect sense. And the reason I think Mm. all of this is because if Mrs. Danvers had known that Maxim killed her, she would have burned down that house immediately. She yeah. would not have waited until yeah, he was taken true. away by that the court. All right. Yeah, that right. is fair. And I, also, I, I take it back. I also think that, like, just like you said, that monologue she's giving when she's suicide murdering the second Mrs. DeWinter, she makes it very clear that she thinks it was an accident. I fully believe that Mrs. Danvers has some sort of sexual tension with Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Like, that was immediately, especially in that... Uh, segment where she talks about how like oh sex was just a game for her it was all a game and I'm like oh did you play the game and lose maybe I'm so sorry um but Mm -hmm. I think that Mrs. Danvers is fascinating in the art of psychological warfare in a way that is not fair to the new Mrs. DeWinter because it's like she went out to the battlefield wearing like her fuzzy slippers (laughs) and Mrs. Danvers is like a trained Amazon warrior (laughs) from Greek mythology. It's not a fair fight. And I think that it's really fascinating to watch that dynamic and it sort of mirrors the fact that there's this also uneven dynamic between Maxim and the new Mrs. DeWinter's. And Mm -hmm. she's like, at, at both turns, the person who's supposed to help her with the household stuff so that she can try and even out her relationship with Maxim is like psychologically trying to annihilate her. And I find that dynamic really intriguing, which is why I said, I think that there are some really interesting things about the story. I just did not like the way that the things were written. And so I'm excited to see the adaptations. And I think that's the thing about an adaptation. Sometimes you'll like a book and not like the movie. And sometimes you'll like a movie and not like a book. I will say about Danvers, one thing that I wanted to say about why I find her so fascinating is this kind of reframing of her throughout the book. And because in the beginning, she is the ultimate antagonist. She's like the living, breathing version of like, this is Rebecca's home. I'm going to make your life a living hell for our narrator. And I hated her. And, you know, I understood she was pissed, but she's channeling it to the wrong person. Like if you're pissed, Maxim got over Rebecca so fast be mad at Maxim. Don't be mean to this poor girl. Uh, and that, I mean, and the fancy dress thing, it's like the end, the 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 day after with her, like literally being like, kill yourself. <laughs> but, but, but then it's this whole flip of like, she's realizing, you know, as Jennifer rightly point out, pointed out that 
that Rebecca did not die on her own accord, that Maxim killed her. And it's this building, mounting evidence and just this horrible new kind of grief for her, for this mother who, Mm -hmm. like, essentially mother who lost her child. And... And then she becomes kind of the protagonist at the end in a weird way of like being like, oh, the, the, the system is not going to get this man. So I am going to ruin his life. Yeah. Nobody, and I loved that arc. <laughs> nobody treats her like a mother who lost her child. And yeah. that is infuriating to me. Yeah. From, that she mm-hmm. raised Rebecca from infancy. And people are all like, oh, well, Danny will run the estate. She's clever. We'll fire her if she doesn't do a good mm-hmm. job for you. Um. No, like this this woman is clearly clinging to Manderley because it is the last remnant of her child. Mm-hmm. That's why I think the psychological warfare is warranted. Well, from from Danny's from Danny's perspective, Max Bring it on. You know, her his beloved wife, who's the most amazing person in the world, dies in tragic ways. He's almost like good riddance, and then less than a year later brings home this teenage nobody. Mm-hmm. To where Rebecca lived? The outrage. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. felt like the outrage was misplaced <laughs> yeah. on this poor yeah. naive girl that's like, what's going on? I'm yeah. so sorry for existing and and not being She's mad like, at Maxim who like brings what home the sauce teen, teen do bride. I have with veal? I don't know. You choose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just in advance, if um, I die under mysterious circumstances and uh, Daniel marries somebody else who is 19 and under a year burned down my fucking house. Um, (laughs) that went without saying okay yeah good fine yeah yeah take it out on another woman Mm -hmm. i'm honestly for burning down the house of any man over the age of 40 that marries a woman (laughs) under the age of 20 regardless of prior relationships just burn it down just burn it it's Love not it. normal. I don't I think it. that I think that there's something going on there. I personally think that we should take breaks from this discussion, much like I took a break from reading the book. <laughs> Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. (sighs) Good one, Dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner? 
So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Okay, we're back with Popcorn Book Club. One one character that we haven't mentioned yeah. yet, but who I think is also a Beatrice and is very sweet, is Frank, the property manager. Oh, Frank. Oh, I love Frank. Frank. He's very nice. sweet yeah. and yeah, very Frank. nice yeah. to the second Mrs. De Winter. And you get the impression that Rebecca made unwanted advances to him I and he did not know so how to handle it. Funny. He had Such to a sad boy. That he like truly did not know. <laughs> she was the most beautiful woman I've ever creature, creature I've ever seen. But also he was very complicit in the whole dang yeah. thing. Uh yeah. I think he's the only one who really yes. knew what happened. Yeah. Uh oh yeah, I guess he but, did but, cover yeah. a murder, so I yeah, He did I cover a murder. He did. He also seems like that like the buddy of like the hot, like popular quarterback that's always like wanting to be like he wants he's to be a Maxim, Paul Giamatti for sure <laughs> oh yeah See, I was thinking Giamatti. of Michael Sarah if they had made this in 2007 oh. <laughs> yes. I do Michael like that scene, that scene of him driving her back from the inquest after she fainted and they're both in the car not sure if the other one knows that Maxim murdered her yeah <laughs> uh. They both know that Maxim murdered this lady, and they both want they him both to get know. away with it, and they have to communicate that somehow. Uh, okay, do I we actually the adaptation of this? Oh my god, this would be so good with the modern adaptation because with like Instagram, you always know like how beautiful your new boyfriend or husband's ex was. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I was. I was thinking about Jenny. that. There was something when she when she's like. I'm just going to go to the West Wing. I'm not going to look. I'm just going to go. It felt like someone would be like, I'm just going to check her Instagram. I'm just going to look for one second. I'm not going to go back to 2013. (laughs) Absolutely not. That's crazy. Who would do that? Just to see her bio. What does it say? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I love it. Her profile pic is just like of Rebecca's is if all her Instagram is just her on the boat. Like it's just her on the sailing. Rebecca is a wellness influencer for sure. But she writes she writes thank you notes and fountain Uh, pen with like homemade baked goods that she sends every time. She has sealing wax. Sealing wax. What's her name? Who started? Who founded Moon Juice? Amanda Chantal Bacon. 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 She's her. Bacon lady. That's that's modern Rebecca. I Fundamentally, much cool. You don't need to. And I also think, like, like, the the aesthetic of it. I think she's, like, very classy. Like, that, like, the baked goods and the handwritten notes and, like, 
She knows she's uh, like a perfect hostess notes. and like has wonderful parties, like themed parties. But she's fun. Yeah. I want her I want her uh handwriting as a font. Like that should be a good marketing campaign for this because the way they describe it looks gorgeous. Who do we think the Danvers yeah. is in modern modern day? Oh, I think the casting is actually perfect. I think uh having Kristen Stewart Thomas be Danvers uh, is yeah, so good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She's gonna be really good. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a very good one. Yeah, I'm just now. I'm really disappointed that Anne Dowd plays the lady at the beginning because she's only at the beginning, and I want more Anne Dowd. That's but you true. know she'll chew up the furniture. They'll just be like, "All right, Anne Dowd, why don't you do one for fun?" Like she yeah. just gets to go on some runs. Yeah, that lady was a hundred percent correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, this marriage was not gonna work yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. She was, I mean, she was mm-hmm. she wasn't wrong, but she was wrong for the reason she wasn't wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she was being a jealous she bitch, was being not bitchy, necessarily but... like looking out for her and being like, hey, sweetie, I know that you don't have a mom. And I know that I've been kind of shitty in that respect. But like, don't marry a dude you met on vacation three weeks ago. Yeah. That's really good advice, yeah, girl. Right. Right. Everyone. Uh, advice. <laughs> Look, I don't know that under normal circumstances it would be, though. Like, otherwise, okay, if this hadn't happened. No, Jen, don't marry a stranger. What, no, what, don't what, marry someone. Okay, Jennifer, okay. you dated Daniel for a long what is, what is time before you here? got married. Daniel and I knew we were getting married very early on. But, okay. That's but you uh, didn't. But you did not marry. That's, that's a good point. But, but you didn't. Yeah. That said, I was not, like, a penniless waif who was being trained to be a companion, which, by the way, is not a real job, um, whose, like, greatest possibility was I was going to keep traveling with this lady, and then she's going to leave you, and then you have no skills. Um, I figured it out. The modern-day equivalent, sorry, she's a personal assistant. She's a personal assistant. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, that's a a real thing. That's, like, a thing. Yeah. Well, look, that was a thing then. Um, If Maxim had not been a murderer, would her life have been worse than, even if this is like a loveless, weird marriage with a housekeeper who will tell you to kill yourself? Um, (laughs) Yeah, is that? (laughs) You can't fire her. Like, she had an option to just go to Maxim and be like, okay, this lady is Crazy. She tried to push uh, me out a window. She tried to push me out a window. We have to fire her. We'll hire somebody new. She'll be good too. It'll be but, fine. But I think also we forgetting that like even before until the murder thing came to light, Maxim was a terrible husband to her. He's a terrible husband. But her life is terrible anyway. Terrible. Like she has to accommodate Mrs. Van Hopper, who is a terrible anyway. Yeah. At least she's very attracted to Maxim. But like, what if she then I meets someone Mrs. who treats Van her Hopper well? Was that bad? Yeah. I think that Mrs. Van Hopper was like kind of a shitty employer, but not in like a completely abusive way. Like the, this, I know I've been using the term psychological warfare, but I feel like Maxim is also engaging in that mm. to some degree in terms of like she's like, oh well, he yeah. didn't have time to say that he loved me. <laughs> He'll say it later. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But look, yeah, that like, proposal okay. is so He's sad. also a lot older than her. But Jennifer, she could meet. He's not the last. He doesn't seem to be in great health. Wait twenty years, and then you get Manderley. Wait, I'm sorry. Was that the defense? <laughs> he, he, yeah, 
I mean, she could have yeah. met someone else too. She, like, she, she said yes to the first. I think the message murdered, is murder daddy, daddy. She's obsessed with her, her own dead father. Like, and, she was definitely going to marry a murder dad. And Jennifer, we did talk about this. Uh, we were texting a little bit. Her devotion to Maxim is sort of similar to like a Mrs. Danvers to Rebecca. Yeah. Like she instantly becomes obsessed mm-hmm. with Max and is totally on board and justifies everything he says and does in a way that is unhealthy. I mean, it's it's right for her because there is no alternative. But in a dream world, you stay with Mrs. Van Hopper and then meet a yeah. nice, normal accountant who treats you well. She was never going to be okay. into that. She was obsessed okay. with her dead father. This is what the book should have been. This is what the book should have been. She should have gone to New York with Mrs. Van Hopper. And then when she got to New York, she should have saved up all of her money left her employ, gone out into the city to be a city gal in New York. And, and then it's like met a fabulous, wonderful, yeah, met a fabulous, wonderful, mysterious woman who no. was like a socialite <laughs> in the New York City, like hot scene named Rebecca. Rebecca. And then yeah. she learned how to be a cool it girl from Rebecca. This is Gossip Girl. And then Rebecca mysterious. It is very Gossip Girl. And then Rebecca mysteriously disappears. And it's about her remembering her friend Rebecca. And solving the mystery of her death. Hey, uh, yeah. Karama, why are you telling this very wow. good book that you should write? Yeah, uh, why write are you that telling book. it to everybody? Would, Mike, we need to cut that out and then we need to write that. that book. Yeah, write Save that it book. for me. Uh, I would you can do your Fifty Shades book. of Grey from Twilight. Not that, not that. It'll be much better than that. But, you no, know, the I love Twilight. Starts so as thank you. Fiction. That is a compliment. I love Twilight. I'm a Twihard. <laughs> but I meant Fifty Shades of Grey is not, you know. Uh, but I will I will say it does feel Write like this whole book is, or the beginning of the book is just like the lesson is trust your instincts. Like it, it you know, and she just keeps, like I highlighted this one little section where it's like, um, then they suddenly decided to get married and there it was. Such an adventure. I smiled to myself as I hugged my knees, blah, blah, blah. I was to be Mrs. Dwinter. It was foolish to go on having that pain in the pit of my stomach when I was so happy. Nerves, of course. And I just highlighted it and said, red flag. <laughs> when, you have, when you have a nerves in the pit of your stomach, run away. Yeah, my mom taught me always trust your gut. And then she told me several stories of people who were murdered when they didn't trust their gut when I was like a teenager. She's like, so trust your gut. Otherwise, you'll be murdered. Yeah, that's a good mom. Okay, let's take a a brief moment here for an ad break. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey guys, I'm home. 
Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry though, he's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. So we're back with Popcorn Book Club from iHeartRadio. She was so obsessed that she was willing to be like, I'll just, I'll just be your yeah. friend. Yeah. Yeah. So like Treat me like a dog. I don't care. She's like, I know you'll, you're it's still so, not over Rebecca. The dog, Although the one part that I did highlight that I thought was absolutely crazy was where she was like in that exact conversation when she's like, I know you love Rebecca so much. And he goes, what? Why would you think I loved Rebecca? And I was what like, would Why would you not? That's think a big that? red flag. So, That's a huge red flag. Why would yeah. your wife really. think that you loved your fa- fabulous <laughs> ex-wife? <laughs> what? He's like, "What? You stupid idiot. You yeah. thought I loved my wife?" <laughs> Here's the thing about red flags. I feel like if there are some red flags, but there are an exponentially larger number of green flags, you can kind of forgive some of the red flags. But Maxim de Winter had zero green rich, flags. Rich, rich, handsome, nice house. Yeah, zero. Well, there's rich, a- <laughs> rich, rich, rich. Rich is not handsome, a green flag. Nice that is an economic state of being. <laughs> That's not a green flag. I'm, those personally. are. I'm just saying those are his yeah, only yeah, yeah. positive attributes. Okay. There's a okay. BoJack Horseman quote that goes something like, "When you're looking through, looking at the world through rose-colored glasses, all the red flags just look like flags." Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what it is. Like she was so <laughs> smitten by this handsome man with a good jawline and a and a and a manderly that it's like I don't know what these flags are. They're just flags. <laughs> I yeah. love flags. Also, like um, someone someone giving her attention for the first time in her life yeah. and like talking yeah. to her like an equal and not mm. as a employee. And her status goes up. And I think on some level yeah. she wants that. Like she wants the waiters to be more respectful of her when she's. 
at the hotel in Monte Carlo. How dare she? She doesn't want people just throwing <laughs> cold ham at her. I, she, I cold mean, ham! Yeah, no, that's, so that's very understandable. But she also has this fantasy mm-hmm. of like, all right, like I'll skip over all the hard parts of becoming an adult. I'll just skip to the part where I'm in my mid-30s and I'm a lady of the house and everybody respects me and thinks I'm fabulous. I will say as someone who has dated older people, that is like a mm-hmm. fantasy that I share and it yeah. never goes well. Um, I keep telling you to stop doing that. I've stopped. (laughs) Yeah, enjoy being young. Being young is awesome. It only took five years for you to start listening to me. Uh, Just to jump in, I only ever dated older people as well. um, It's a fantasy. Well, I also don't want to pretend I'm interested in a boyfriend playing video games for like two hours. Um, I, I You don't have... like watching boys play video games, Jen? No, no. And I can say that comfortably. I'm married now. It doesn't matter. The secret is out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think Maxim says like one good thing to her. No. As I'm like thinking about back on the book, I don't think she, I don't think he says like one decent or like even complimentary like when he proposes to it he calls her a silly little fool yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and like even when he finally tells her that like she has murdered or he has murdered rebecca his like line that i thought was very funny (laughs) was him being like and i'd make you a mother like after never talking Uh to her about like anything about their relationship that's like the first thing that he jumps to there was one scene where she's like she's like getting ready to go meet someone and she was very insecure about it and she was like is my like skirt or hair okay and he's like yeah whatever it's fine I do, you know, I'm looking at the director and, and, you know, I'm sure he's very good, but it, I, I think this movie, I wish they had hired a a female director for this movie because I do think what I want to experience in a movie like this Mm -hmm. is that feeling of being so clouded by infatuation and, and this first feeling of love as a young woman that you ignore things that scare you and you ignore your intuition. And I feel like it's very different the way, you know, women being afraid of men, like that is a very real thing that they might kill you, which in this case he does kill some, a, a woman. But um, I, I just feel like we've, a lot of women have been in this situation of like being totally infatuated with a very, scary bad man and I feel like it would be mm-hmm. but the feeling of it of like the the twist of like look at this perfect prince charming and then like the reality sets in when she goes to Manderley like I love that and I hope that uh, that he does service to it I so I also wish think that, yeah it's such a female story I agree mm-hmm. yeah I mm-hmm. think that one of the things that I noticed and we talked a little bit about it Mrs. Danvers has all this misplaced rage and uh, disappointment with um, Mr. DeWinter that she then just dumps onto the new Mrs. DeWinter. And I think that it's really interesting how this, even almost 100 years ago, has that aspect of women are mean to each other because they can't be mean to men. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think that getting into that, I, I do wish that there were a female director, because I think that showing that, and I'm not saying that a male director cannot do that. I mean, a man directed Mean Girls, which is a classic of women Mm -hmm. being, girls being mean to each other because they can't be mean to men. 
Um, but yeah, I do think that there is something about that that is so ingrained in people who are raised female. Yes. And, yes, I, and exactly. I think like the changing the subject slightly from gender, I think the class issue, I hope that the, the film covers that and, and dials mm-hmm. home because I do think that is a very important element of the book that's in mostly in subtext in this major class and power differential between Max and his wife and Mrs. Danvers and the restricted behaviors that come with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hope that he, like this director, doesn't make Army Hammer a charming person. I I think they're going to. They're going to make it a romance. Well, I think that Army Hammer was kind of shitty. And I mean, he was very shitty, but I think that they actually did a good job of showing him as shitty in uh, Sorry to Bother You. Oh, oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, Yeah, I like that a lot. And social network and slimy. But I, (laughs) yeah. But I hope, I hope that that stays true because like there's not there's really nothing charming about Maxim in this book and I think it could be really easy for an adaptation to inject some sort of like charm yeah. to him so that yeah. like um, I hope I, I've read that. a preview where the director said that he wanted to make a version that was more about love um and um oh, there's, no. there's, it's I mean it's about possession in an interesting way but uh, Maxim de Winter does not strike me as sexy. Um, Rebecca strikes me as impossibly sexy. No. Like, uh, just like a woman who um, everybody would want to sleep with. Yes, every, like Rachel, Rachel Weiss. Weiss is a great example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Maxim yeah. strikes me as frosty and detached and maybe weird about yeah. sex. As like Prince yeah. Charles, kind of. Like... Like this, like yeah. a- asexual, like so well bred that they're just like a non entity. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, wanna, I, I, I will don't say asexuality. No, in no, 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 no. Right. The, sorry, I, that's you're completely correct. Um, desexualized is yeah. the, the yeah, way because it's the framing. I, mm-hmm. And I, but I will say that like what I like about the start of the story is that she he, she does meet him on vacation and it's all through her perspective like we as the reader can see that he is uninteresting and perhaps dangerous Mm -hmm. but we're in her head of like imagining a life and I do think I love the idea of meeting someone on vacation and then you go back to real life and it's like oh no they suck like the idea of the prince charming of Cinderella and then you go back to the palace after what's supposed to be happily ever after and it's just terrible yeah. and and fraught. Um, I mean, yeah, none of the contestants on The Bachelor actually get married. All he all he offers her mm-hmm. is status that and like an escape. Did yeah, Trista? Yeah. Oh, yes, Trista yeah. Bryan. Yeah, yeah. Trista. She is yeah. still Trista. married to him. That's like yeah, the only one nice. I know. Yeah, yeah. me too. The only one yeah. I know. Wow. <laughs> Good job, Trista. <laughs> Not that getting divorced is a bad job, but a marriage is take work. Yeah, they take work and good for you. Yeah. 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 And clearly she listened you. to who the people were on the show and paid attention yeah. and was like, oh, I think that I could build a life with this yeah. person as opposed to this person is hot right now. We yeah. have the fantasy suite. Let's do Let's this do and it. making decisions yeah. that way. I think it was all fine. Yeah. This episode is sponsored by <laughs> Season 2. Trista think- and Ryan Forever. I do think it was also before The Bachelor became such a property that it's like you're now an influencer. That's your job. This was like back Mm -hmm. before then you became Instagram famous when it's like these are just normal people. 
we had he's a pilot or whatever. He's yeah. not an Instagram influencer who's already been yeah. on six seasons of The Bachelor. <laughs> okay, so in terms of Bachelor archetype, since we're now on The Bachelor, sure. I did I don't watch The Bachelor. I have never seen The Bachelor. I've seen many things about The Bachelor, so I have a working knowledge of it. But I did watch Unreal, and oh, they have great. all I of those different Unreal. like like wifey villain. Let's get cut. All that stuff. Talking about the characters of this book. The new Mrs. DeWinter, who do we think that she is? Do we think she's wifey? I know that she gets the guy, but no. I don't see her as a wifey. She's the weird, insecure virgin who... And this is unreal. I'm not... I'm sorry, but the yeah. Character who, like, is too awkward to, <laughs> yeah. like, wear a bikini on their group date and gets cut. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I love that. That is wow. absolutely true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like and then that who's too. Rebecca? I don't know. Haven't we all, like... Know she wins. Haven't we all known yeah. men who've dated incredibly interesting women? And then they break up. And then the next woman they date is like a pale, anemic, insipid <laughs> person who like says, oh, asparagus, yeah. I've never yeah, seen yeah. that before. <laughs> like, Sorry, that, that was kind <laughs> of that Is that a true story? Is that plucked from life? Well, did someone yeah, that, do that feels like very, very real. Maybe oh she lived in a food gosh. desert and I was not exposed it's to It's totally true. Stress. It's very, it's very, you know what? That's so true. That's and totally, really, that's totally valid. I've lived like a fertile crescent of produce. That's really valid. And we're all so lucky that we've seen asparagus. But also, like, maybe she could have seen it in a picture. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you just don't like this woman and the asparagus is kind of I'm a sorry. thing that you're holding <laughs> on to. <laughs> No, I do she sounds. I you know what? She sounds like a wet. Bl- she I sounds like that. a limp. You know, sometimes you don't you know? like somebody, Just, and it's like, oh, look at the way she chews gum. Ooh, <laughs> horrible. You know, <laughs> I get it, Jen. We all we all yeah. 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 when you love someone, you, yeah. you they no matter what they do. Yeah, I Mrs. think we all is hundred yeah. percent a producer of the show. That's oh, yeah. who she is. Oh, Rebecca yeah. wins the show for sure. <laughs> then I think Rebecca's when, runner up. No, I think she... No, Rebecca's Bachelorette right. next season. Oh. Yeah. No, no, here's yeah. what I think. She's runner-up, and then she parlays that into a career. Yes. Yeah. yes. I think she wins, but then they break up, but she then makes it a sob story about how he dumped her and left her completely blindsided, and then she's Bachelorette. She wouldn't lose a competition. <laughs> See, I think... I think Rebecca is one of the like hot ones, but then she starts an like an affair relationship oh, with one of the yeah. other bachelors. Didn't that happen in Vietnam? And, <laughs> and doesn't even. Yeah. yeah, it did happen oh. in Vietnam. It's happened in Vietnam. It happened in Australia too. <laughs> I only see storylines of. Bachelor. I agree. I feel like she wants to play the game to win, and the play the game to win for her is not getting the man. It's getting mm-hmm. to be the next bachelorette. Yeah, because that will extend the life yeah. of her yeah, career. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, and she wants to have control, and so then when she picks the guy there, it's like, okay, we can be famous together as long as you don't fuck up my shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll put you on my Instagram. I mean, um, that's a pretty good press- deal she made with Maxim. I mean, she was straightforward about it. She's like, this is the deal. Yeah. This is what I'm but gonna it wasn't do. a deal. It wasn't a deal, yeah. though. Yeah. Because she kind of forced it on him. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But he he was chill about it because she had, yeah. like, a sex shack by the sea. Like, we could all... And he is that what the song Love Shack he, is he about? He the sex shack. He didn't get rid of it. Yeah. Um, well, that's because he can't go down to it. Like, it's too horrifying for him. Can you hire someone? Okay. 
I mean, send, yeah. Send okay, the tragedy go, like, of the picture in it. this book extends to Mrs. Danvers and the second Mrs. De Winter, obviously. Oh, yeah. But it also mm-hmm. extends to the limitations placed on Rebecca. Like, Rebecca is clearly somebody who, if she was alive today, would be running a Fortune 500 company. Like, she wanted the well, money and the house. She did not want to have to commit herself to this one man mm-hmm. who was kind of dull. And Danvers said, like, they always said you should have been born a boy. And, like, it in that time, it's like that's the only way she could have lived the independent life she desired was Mm -hmm. to be a man. She had to marry well in order to have the life that she wanted. Yeah. And it's, again, why I don't know how much better the second Mrs. DeWinter's life would have been if she hadn't married Maxim. Like, maybe she would have met a nice person in New York, but she made it pretty yeah, clear. Yeah, she, she went and met Dominica. Yeah, but she, know, and like, yes! <laughs> she made it clear she was not interested in those men, that she, like, hated younger men who were always asking her, like, do you like hot music? Uh, which, uh, yeah, understandable that she doesn't want to go out to jazz clubs. Yeah, she wasn't looking for a nice boy. She yeah. wanted a daddy, a murder daddy. A murder yeah. daddy. <laughs> murder I think, Jennifer, that's really poignant with Rebecca. It's like, yeah, she wanted a certain life that, if she was a man, would have 100% been allowed to live, which is just, mm-hmm. like, throw amazing parties and have sex with whoever you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jay Gatsby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Minus mm-hmm. the sex with whoever you want, because he just wants to have sex he with He just Daisy wants to have sex with Daisy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and but, Daisy just wants to have sex with his shirts. But if, but if, but if Jay was Rebecca, he would be hot enough to seduce her. Yeah. Perhaps. Mm. Perhaps, indeed. I... Have thoroughly enjoyed this uh, the intellectual discourse of the Bachelor and which people <laughs> they would be, and I want to thank you all for going down that road with me and not oh, making wait, fun who, of me. Who would Maxim be? Oh, he would have been cut in the first episode. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think they would have made like Maxim. Cut. Maxim would be a Bachelor that you're like this dude's a third string quarterback for an NFL team. That, like, <laughs> I think that the, the never got to play, but he's handsome. The producers would have realized, oh shit, he's so boring. We have mm-hmm. to cut around him and make the women really interesting yeah. and seem toxic because yes. he has nothing to offer. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But he's rich and he has a nice house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. think if Maxim were on The Bachelorette, he would make it through the first couple of rounds of cuts, but then he would get into a huge fist fight with another <laughs> person, with another contestant. And then he wouldn't get cut. He would leave in a huff. And then he would do like an expose on 2020 about what really happened. Wow. I don't know. I think he'd talk about his house incessantly. And it might get him to the episode where they go home to meet the family. Just because like, the lady really wanted to see okay, how yeah, good that yeah. house was. And the producers really want it. And I also think he would still be a widow, which would be really interesting Mm -hmm. on The Bachelor. Like, that's the whole angle. And he would be able to use that as, like, she's like, oh, he needs a new new wife. And I need a murder daddy. So it would work out for a while. (laughs) Wait, one quick question. When he is murdering her... And she's like, I'm pregnant with Jack's baby. What you going to do about it? I'm going to raise him in Manderley. Um, (laughs) Is he so scared? Like... Could he not get a divorce? Like, I know the scandal was that she would turn everyone against him. But he literally was like, that scandal was so outrageous to him that he had to uh, 
murder her? The one well, thing that he and the like second it. Mrs. De Winter have in common is they are obsessed with how other people might talk yeah. about them. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Rebecca does not seem to give a shit. Like, Rebecca will fuck people you in know. her sex cottage any day of the week. Because she's like, I will turn people against you when we get divorced. And it's like, She well, had yeah. orgies. Yeah. She had her yeah. moonlight, the moonlight picnics. Okay. That's yeah. an orgy. Frank went to um, one. I mean, I feel like he made that choice because, again, patriarchy he knew like mm-hmm. i think he knows he couldn't get away with yes. it yes he is like the epitome of that town the town centers around yeah. him and like they all want to be in good with maxim the like magistrate and like all of those men so like i think he did it because he knew he could get a away divorce with would it. be a scandal yeah a divorce would be a scandal well, also here's a the murder thing would be- i think that if she was indeed because we have to remember he genuinely believes that she's pregnant yeah her pregnancy mm-hmm. and therefore the heir is still legitimate, even if he divorces her. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't pretend to know how upper yeah. crust white people I, lived in England no, in I the think, 1930s. I think that's I true. Mean, unless they made it clear that Jack was her lover and it was Jack's baby and Maxim hadn't slept with her in years. Uh, which might happen. Like, Jack seems to think that he and Rebecca are going to get married. Also, before you murder her, get a second opinion or a first opinion. Well, she oh. knew. I mean, <laughs> she that's the whole thing. She knew exactly what she was doing. She knew exactly what to say mm-hmm. and that would corner him because she knows that he deep down he's a bad murder guy <laughs> and that like he cares about the status and Manderly more than he cares about her mm-hmm. life. Yeah. And and so she taunted him into it. Mm-hmm. I wonder was and maybe this is obvious but I hadn't really thought about it until now the the letter to Jack was that so that um Jack would uh, discover Maxim and he would go to prison <gasps> Yes oh. that's a gone girl moment yeah. Oh was, I have oh, never yeah, thought about that good. and that's great yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's come really to the good. moonlight cottage. Yeah, maybe he or, thought that, that yeah. you would catch him in the act. Yeah. Or yeah. it could be that she really genuinely was going to tell him that she had like cancer because she yeah. did to some extent care about him and he was her cousin. Yeah. Love yeah. Cousin. Well, well, maybe maybe it was more in retrospect. Maybe when Maxim came down there, she was saying all this because because you're right, like Maxim would get away with it. But he but but Rebecca probably thinks Jack is coming up here. Mm. I, he, I'm going to get him to kill me. And then he's going to get caught. He doesn't think he's going to get caught, but he's going to yeah. get caught. And, stupid, and Jack doesn't come. Stupid Jack had like a drinking night, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what he was he out. Jack with the boys. and his alcohol. Out with the boys. You know. The moral of when, this is if your alcohol consumption gets in the way of you <laughs> stopping your lover cousin's murder, <laughs> you might want to get to a meeting or talk to a doctor yeah. or somebody. That's when you know it's that's your rock bottom. Yeah. When when Rebecca's when Rebecca's body is on rock bottom, oh. you know, you've hit rock bottom. I, I did love that the name of the boat was I Return. Yeah. Like I Return. Yeah, I return. That's great. Perfect spooky detail. Je reviens. So spooky. Uh, I didn't even want to try the French, so thank you. this is also I I don't know if you guys have read Jane Eyre but like Jane Eyre is another one where a husband treats his first wife 
appallingly. And then we're sort of again, also probably promiscuous. Uh, yeah, like yeah, she has such fiery blood. In oh my god! And the house also burns down. Yep. Wow. Well, actually, there was talk. So I don't know if you all heard about this, uh, but I did some reading on Daphne, and she was accused of plagiarism by a Brazilian author named Carolina oh. Nabucco who wrote a book called A Successora um, in 1934, which was, I believe, three or four years before Rebecca was published. Mm. And um, one of the things that she kind of used to her advantage when she was accused of this plagiarism was, well, Jane Eyre deals with similar themes. Like, it's not a new idea. Yeah. But, like, it was a whole situation where Carolina Nabucco was like, I'm not going to sign any of the paperwork that your agents keep sending to me saying that the coincidences are just coincidences. Like, the similarities are real and you plagiarized me. And Daphne du Maurier actually wrote to the New York Times because the New York Times had suggested that it was maybe Ooh. plagiarized in their review of, of uh, Rebecca. Ooh. And she wrote a letter to the editor and she's like, can you not excuse you? And uh, she was like, maybe it was just a coincidence because we're dealing with similar themes. Did you ever think about that? Like, do you even think, bro? Um, and I mean, this book is exactly Jane Eyre, though. Like, it, it, that it is. Honestly, yeah. if it's plagiarized from anything, it's Jane Eyre, which is that you fall in love with an older, mysterious man who's very cold to you, find out he was an asshole to his first wife, who is was crazy. It's all her fault. She deserved it. And then the house burns down. And a successora, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong because I do not speak Portuguese, but that was also adapted. It was adapted into a telenovela Ooh. in the 1970s. Ooh. Wow, cool. Mm. Yeah. Worth checking out, especially if anyone speaks Portuguese and, or can read Portuguese. That would be mm -hmm. fun. I, yeah, I did not know that Daphne de Maurier also wrote The Birds. Like, yeah, Hitchcock I found that out just from getting, the back of this book. Oh. Yeah, just getting all of his Daphne. books from her. Yeah. Yeah, when I wrote, started reading it, when I started reading it, I was like, yeah, no, she she wrote The Birds. This is the same <gasps> yeah. slow plotting, pacing. Oh, yeah. no, I read The Birds <laughs> after I finished this because um, I'm so excited oh. about this. And uh, it's so much better than the movie. I, I liked it so I much read more. The birds. It was, yeah, it's very short. It's a really, like, delicious like little quick short story that okay, uh, will keep you awake at night. So it's great. Question, yeah. does great. it... Does it vilify birds as much as the movie? Because I like birds a lot, and I feel like the birds are unfairly maligned <laughs> in the film look, The Birds. If you relate to the birds <laughs> in the book, <laughs> instead of the humans they are murdering, I would say it would not ruin birds for you. If you say this and you're like, yeah, I'm a seagull, then yeah, it's a great moment for you. It's like a moment when the birds really rise up as one. <laughs> I do like bird solidarity. Birds, our time is now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listen, there are, like, just because there are some murdering birds in one book doesn't mean all birds are murderers, yeah. you know? Like, mm -hmm. right. It's There's, okay. Yeah. You can have, think of it like a zombie apocalypse. Like, okay. yeah, oh, like okay. most birds are not murderers, but in this book, they all become murderers. And that, you know. I, I appreciate you different. assuaging my fears. I follow the Audubon Society on Twitter like a genuinely oh, low. Wow, you and Jonathan oh, Franzen. So nice. <laughs> Please don't ever compare me to Jonathan Franzen yeah. again. Do you go bird Do you go bird watching? I do not go bird watching, but okay, so you know those scooters that were everywhere? Yeah. Bird scooters. Birds? 
No, I went to acting <laughs> class and my scene partner was like, hey, how are you? And I was like, I'm good. How was your weekend? And he was like, oh, I went birding this weekend. And I was like, really? And I didn't know that he meant like riding a bird scooter. I thought oh. he went bird watching oh. and then he thought I was a total nerd. Because oh. I was like, tell me about the birds you saw. <laughs> oh, oh, you know, maybe this is a Steve Martin movie home. that I watched on a plane called The Big Year that's just about... um. The year when, um, I guess, people in the Audubon Society all try to see how many birds they can watch in a year. Okay, you and gotta, I think if you like birds and bird watching, you gotta, you gotta watch, watch that. that. I watched I it on a plane and it was pretty pleasant. Dana made fun of me once because I had pet birds growing up. Yeah, I, think, we were, I, don't, I don't think birds belong in homes. I had a I pet mean, bird. No pet belongs in no. a home. No, a home, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But birds can fly. Okay. Yeah. No, I. I, my I, my ex girlfriend had a bird, and I uh, that mm-hmm. she was weird about it. So I think yeah. they're mean. We, they're mean. They bite. They scare but, me. Okay, we did. We did I have a bird that bird was uh, that we had to give away to a bird sanctuary because Honey Pie, who we had named her, turned out to be a male bird who was that we didn't know for years was a male bird and was squawking all the time because he was horny and needed to mate. Oh. Um, and so. Honey Pie went to a bird sanctuary, which was better. He got made, which was better because we also had cats, and those cats terrorized oh. poor Honey Pie. What, oh, if, we yes. did, what yeah. if we all wrote an adaptation of the birds, but it's the scooters? It's a modern adaptation, <laughs> and the scooters are coming <laughs> to kill you. Why are we giving away this gold on air? Tian, Mike, cut that out. Imagine it's how like terrifying Sharknado meets the birds. Yes. Imagine like how birds. terrifying it would be to see a barrage of bird scooters coming at you with no riders, yeah. just going. <laughs> like I'm already seeing the handlebars like treated like eyes, so they like come across the corner, like they peer around a corner and just like come at you. I'm gonna write. I'll write it. I'll write it. I'll write. It. Okay. Great. 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 That's our show for the week. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dana Schwartz, and you can find me on Twitter at Dana Schwartz with three Zs. You can follow Jennifer Wright at Jen Ashley Wright. Karama Dankwa is at Karama Drama. Melissa Hunter is at Melissa FTW. And Tian Tran is smart enough to have gotten off Twitter, but she is on Insta at Hank Tina. Our executive producer is Christopher Hesiotis, and we're produced and edited by Mike Johns. Special thanks to David Wasserman. Next week, it'll be screen time. We'll take a look at Alfred Hitchcock's 1940 film adaptation of Rebecca. And if you want to plan ahead, we'll be watching the rest of Lovecraft Country on HBO and then moving on to V for Vendetta. Popcorn Book Club is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. 
People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.